Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC. With offices in the Midwest. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an interesting topic today. Uh, the topic is updating beneficiary designations after divorce. And this is based on an article on our blog, FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, dated October 4th, 2022. And the title of that article is, Have You Changed Your Beneficiary Designations After Divorce? So as a follow-up to the episode today, go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, check out that article, read it as a follow-up uh, to the episode today. But let's go ahead and jump into the topic uh, lots of parties uh, who go through a divorce, they're tired, they're exhausted, the, the process itself can be excruciating, and uh, there's follow-up stuff, though, that need to be done after the conclusion of a divorce that lots of parties inadvertently forget, or they just don't even realize the significance or the importance of it, and so take certain kinds of assets. It could be a life insurance policy, could be retirement accounts, could be investment accounts, it could be uh, stocks and bonds. Uh, it could be bank accounts. Uh, but the reality is when, when folks are married, uh, what they often do is they name their spouse as the beneficiary on these policies. So if they pass away, their life insurance uh, policy, the beneficiary would be the spouse who would get the life insurance benefits. If there's a retirement account, the beneficiary would often be the spouse. Same with the investment accounts, the stocks and the bonds. And then, you know, lots of parties when they're married have joint bank accounts. So then maybe this isn't an issue. But for some individuals that are married, they still maintain separate bank accounts. So husband has uh, their own bank accounts, wife has their own bank accounts. Uh, they keep their money separate. But what they often do is do what's called a transfer on death or a payable on death, um, which indicates that if they pass, and then ultimately the money in these accounts would go to their spouse, right? This is really common stuff for people to do when they're married, and, and certainly banks, you know, when you open a bank account, it's going to ask, if, in most instances, who do you want to be, the, the TOD or the POD? And certainly if you're investing money uh, or you have retirement accounts, you're setting up life insurance policy, I mean, most of the forms uh, that are part of opening these accounts will ask who you want to be, uh, the beneficiary, and again, it's almost always the spouse. And so, at the conclusion of a divorce, you know, all marital property and debt is to be divided, and it's to be divided in a just manner. Um, but what lots of individuals forget is is to go back and look at these policies. You know, do they want their ex-spouse uh, to still be the beneficiary on these policies? You know, maybe in certain instances. <laughs> Uh, that would be the case, uh, but from my experience uh, throughout my career, that is very rare. I mean, most individuals after divorce do not want uh, their ex-spouse to be getting uh, these assets upon their death. Uh, they want these assets to be ultimately disposed of differently, right? Maybe they want it to go to their kids. Uh, I mean, that's very common uh, right after divorce that they want these assets to go to their kids if they have them, not their ex-spouse. Uh, in other instances, they might want to change uh, the beneficiary designations or the transfer on death or the payable on death designations. Maybe they want to change these to trust uh, that they've created. So the money pours into trust, 
and then there's a trustee who handles <clears throat> the disbursement ultimately of these funds, right? That that can be very common. You know, in other circumstances, a party might get remarried uh, somewhere down the line, and so they want their new spouse to be uh, the beneficiary of these policies. Um, and, and again, there could be other uh, other possibilities. Maybe it's a brother, maybe it's a sister, maybe it's an aunt, maybe it's an uncle, maybe it's somebody that they're living with and residing with, uh, but they're not married to, right? Uh, lots of individuals in this day and age live together and they don't get married, and so maybe they want to just name their partner um, is the beneficiary or the TOD or the POD, POD on these accounts, right? Um, but the reality is, again, lots of individuals forget about this. Lots of individuals don't think about it after the divorce. They're tired. They're worn out. Um, and they just forget about this. And they don't think about it and they don't contemplate it. But the reality is that is almost always a mistake. Uh, that is not uh, what individuals ought to do. So anybody going through uh, a divorce and you've completed it, it's very important to have a conversation with your attorney about these assets, and certainly, you know, most uh, divorce attorneys, um, uh, you know, they're not bankers or financial planners in and of themselves, but hopefully they can lead you in the right direction in terms of where to go uh, to make sure this is completed, um, and, and so talking to your attorney can be a good thing. Uh, talking to your investment representative, you have somebody who handles your money, can be a good thing. They can often tell you how to do this for you, particularly if they're handling these accounts for you. You know, in the instance of a bank, if you go up to the bank, got a relationship with the bank, or maybe you don't, but just simply going in and speaking with somebody uh, at the bank, they can give you these forms to make sure they're completed appropriately. Um, you know, but it's vital for individuals to do this. It's vital for individuals not to forget about this, uh, particularly in those situations, again, where an individual who's gone through divorce would not want their spouse to get uh, their money upon their death in any shape, matter, or form. Uh, so if that's not what an individual wants, it is very vital to update these uh, designations. And I'll just say this as well. You know, I've given some specific times of assets where beneficiary designations exist or, or again, payable on death, transfer on death. Again, a little bit different each of these, but all kind of birds of the same feather where it's these automatic transfers uh, upon death. Uh, but there could be other assets out there that have, have these as well. So sitting down, talking with uh, your lawyer, talking with somebody who handles your finances can be a key in this situation uh, to ensure that these are all handled exactly as you would have liked it. You know, there's one other variety as well you've got to think about, which is uh, beneficiary deeds. You know, uh, lots of individuals uh, uh, file what's called a beneficiary deed, uh, which delineates where uh, uh, real estate would go upon death. So updating and changing that might be necessary as well. But it's just vital that individuals not forget about this, not overlook it. It's a relatively easy and pain, painless thing to do, uh, but it's important not to forget about it, not to uh, overlook it at the same time. So, again, as a follow-up to the episode today, go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, read the article, 
dated October 4th, 2022, titled, Have You Changed Your Beneficiary Designations After Divorce? It'll give you a lot of good information, and it's definitely something you do not want to forget uh, in most instances after divorce uh, if you truly don't want your ex-spouse to to inherit upon your death at, at some point down the line, all right? So thanks for tuning in today. I hope this topic was interesting. Stay tuned. Our next episode on Family Law Talk coming up. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stange. Visit StangeLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stange Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtain on this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice. You should contact an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. And finally, past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stange is responsible for the content. Principal Place of Business, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105.